Hi, welcome to the New Story Church podcast. We hope that this week's message encourages you and brings you closer to Jesus. This week we're talking about trusting others. You guys ready? Let's jump into it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes is a small book in the Old Testament written by King Solomon, and we are going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Look at this. Solomon writes, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who was all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all so meaningless and depressing. Isn't that a beautiful scripture to start off with this morning? A man worked for himself and by himself, and at the end of his life, he had nothing to show for it except for himself. This is what happens when we give in to the lie of isolation, the lie of I don't need anybody else, I can do it on my own, I'm just going to look out for me. What happens then is you begin to, you might go on a trajectory where you gain a lot of material possessions, but when it comes to your life moving in the direction of meaning or purpose, you might find that you're coming up empty or coming up missing. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, when you say, I'm not trusting anyone anymore, I've had it with people, what you are basically saying is this, the only person worth trusting is me which is a really dangerous place to end up. And we don't want to end up like this man in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, who worked for himself, by himself, and then when he came to the end of his life, yes, he had gained some possessions, but he had nothing to show for it but himself. If we want to live lives that move in the direction of meaning and purpose and what God has designed us for, we have to learn what it means for us to trust others to work with others and be a part of bringing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. This is a collective movement, not an individual movement. If it's all about me, I'm just going to look out for me. But I get it. Trusting others can be really complex. It can be really difficult. And I started thinking through, what are some reasons that we don't trust others? And I came up with two overarching reasons. Now, there are nuances within these reasons. And each of these reasons manifests themselves in different ways. But here are the two reasons. The first reason is betrayal. A lot of us have experienced betrayal, and because of betrayal, we have a difficult time trusting others. I'll elaborate that more in just a minute. Secondly, we have a difficult time trusting others. This reason I labeled as Batman. Now, don't worry. Batman has not done anything to lose your trust. Batman will never leave you or forsake you. He's the coolest hero ever. And as long as Batman's signal shines in the night sky, he will always show up to save the day. Batman will always be there for you, okay? So don't worry about that. We all love Batman here. If you don't like Batman, sorry that you only ever watched Batman and Robin. You should go watch some of the other Batman movies. But anyways, so let's talk first about betrayal. Betrayal is a complex one. It's an interesting one. Because betrayal can happen intentionally or unintentionally. Maybe somebody intentionally said something bad about you to hurt you and your reputation. And you start thinking to yourself, if somebody is going to treat me in that way, and I've trusted people over and over and over again, and they're still going to betray me, they're still going to talk poorly about me, I've had it with people, I'm done. I'm tired of feeling as if I'm betrayed. Maybe it happened in a more complex scenario. Maybe, there was, maybe you weren't really liking your job. 
And so you went and applied for a new job, and you got the new job, and the new job seemed great. They were promising you, oh, we have this great package. You're going to get this vacation. It's going to be awesome, and you're going to have the best coworkers in the world. And you got into this new job, and then you said to yourself, this isn't everything they said it was. And then you do the same thing again, and you keep thinking the grass is green on the other side, and you finally say to yourself, I feel as if I've been betrayed. People keep lying to me about this opportunity, and it hurts. I'm done with people. I'm tired of being betrayed. Maybe it happened in a different scenario. Maybe you were with someone for a long time and then you separated and you felt betrayed. Maybe you, were, you confided in a teacher or a coach or a religious leader of some sort and you thought, this is a person I can trust, but then they used that vulnerability as an opportunity to take advantage of you. And you thought, if this is what people are going to do, I'm not trusting people anymore. They betrayed my trust. That can hurt. It can be painful. And it takes a long time to heal from some of those things, especially if it happens over and over and over again. Maybe the betrayal that occurred in your life was unintentional to a degree. Maybe at a young age, your parents were together, and then because of some issues they were having, they decided to separate And as a kid, you didn't really know how to interpret that, and you felt as if you had been betrayed by your parents. Why would they do this to me? When I go to my friend's house, and they seem to have the picture-perfect family, but this is happening to me, and you feel betrayed. Your parents didn't even mean to make you feel that way, but you just, in a sense, it was unintentional betrayal. You felt betrayed. You felt as if you had been left alone. And as you got older, you may see it a little bit differently, but still some of the residual effects of that carry along with you later on in life. Betrayal can be intentional, it can be unintentional, but it hurts every single time. And as I've been talking to people, a lot of people that I've had discussions with have said things like, I'm just burned out. In a sense, they're saying, I'm burned out on betrayal. I'm tired of being betrayed by others. I'm tired of people. I'm just going to isolate. But we know that that's not a good option either. Secondly, Batman. Why would I bring up Batman? For those of you who don't know the story of Batman, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you you don't know this beautiful story of the greatest hero ever. But Batman's alter ego is Bruce Wayne. And when Bruce Wayne was about eight or nine years old, he went to a play with his parents. It was an opera theater thing. And it depends on how the story's told. Either way, Bruce wants to leave the play. And he leaves with his parents, and they end up in an alleyway, crime alley, once again, depending on the story, the way it's told. And they're in this alley, and this, this uh, thief comes up to them to steal from them. And he takes out his gun, and he shoots both of Bruce's parents right in front of his eyes, and, they, and they, he see, watches his parents get murdered. And because of that trauma, that experience he had at such a young age, he never wanted to become so close to someone again and then lose them. And that can be a traumatic experience for many. Maybe you had someone you were really, really close to, someone you loved, a friend, a family member, but then you lost them at a time that you didn't think you would lose them. And because of that, you put up a distance between yourself and other people because you don't want to experience that trauma again. You say, I'm not going to trust others because I don't want to experience that again. The Lego Batman movie even plays this out to a comedic degree when uh, Lego Batman says this to the Joker. He says, I don't need you. I don't need anyone. You mean nothing to me. No one does. And if you haven't watched the Lego Batman movie, you're really missing out. (laughs) I don't need anyone. You mean nothing to me. No one does. 
And sometimes that's a wall that we'll put up if we've been through a horrible experience where we lost someone and we didn't think we should lose them or it was time to lose them. It could be betrayal. It could be intentional or unintentional betrayal. It could be Batman. Whatever the reason is, sometimes things happen in our lives that make us say, "Ah, I'm just going to distance myself. I'm done with people. But that's never a good place to be in. You don't want to work for yourself and only stay focused on yourself and then come to the end of your life and the only thing you have to show for it is yourself. That would be a great tragedy for all of us. As people who are following Jesus, as people who are living in a new story, we are to work with others to work towards an eternal difference, to work towards meaning and purpose, and to bring about God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So how do we move beyond becoming like the man in Ecclesiastes 4, 7, 8, especially when we're maybe burned out with betrayal or we're burned out with bad experiences where we've just had enough? Well, I want to take us a step further today. And I want to make the contention today of this, that we don't need to just trust people. We actually need other people. We oftentimes need other people to heal from those past experiences. We oftentimes need other people who can help us move forward. We aren't meant to do this alone. And so if anybody ever tries to say something to you because you know you went through something horrible and you're trying to move forward and they're saying, oh, you shouldn't go to counseling or you shouldn't tell people or you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that, don't listen to those people. It's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to work with others. It's okay to find new people because in your new story, there's a new people that God wants to place in your life. And we shouldn't just isolate and draw back. So when do we need people? Well, Solomon goes on to make this argument as to when and why we need other people. And the first thing I want to say is this, we need other people when we are broken. We need other people when we are broken. I know Jesus is the healer. I know Jesus brings peace. I know Jesus brings comfort. I know that he is my ever-present help in times of trouble, but sometimes the way in which he has made himself most apparent in your life is through other people. When we are broken, we need other people. Can I reference Batman one more time? Everyone okay with that? In the 2005 Batman movie, Batman Begins, Bruce Wayne is running around on the property before his parents get shot. And he falls into a cave and his father comes and gets him and his father says to him, Bruce, why do we fall? So we can pick ourselves up. And that's a great line, isn't it? That's something you could put on a wall in a room. Why do I fall so I can pick myself up? I got this. I got this. Ain't no one taking me down. I got this. I'm strong. I got this. And that's what we think. I got this. I can pick myself up. I don't need anybody else. I've got this. This is why we're so intrigued by, by films like Rambo or John Wick. And I know John Wick is dope, man, throwing the knives at people. But you can't just do it all by yourself. It's not just you against the world. It's not just it, we We need others, especially when we're broken, especially when we have fallen. And that's what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 and 10. He says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Someone who falls alone is in real trouble. This goes back to the story we talked about last week. Jesus came along walking on the water, and then Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking towards Jesus. He becomes distracted by the storm, and he starts to sink. And then Jesus is there to pick him up. We need other people when we begin to fall. 
And there are two reasons why we typically fall in life. One is because of trials that are coming our way and we don't even know, always know why they're coming our way or why they're happening and we begin to fall. And in those moments, we can't just pick ourselves up. God has placed people in your life to help pick you up in those moments. And then the second reason is sometimes we face trials because of our own dumb decisions. Every one of us can be stupid. Every single one of us can fall into sin. And when we fall into sin, when we choose our own way, I'm going to go my direction, what we'll find is very soon we'll begin to fall, we'll begin to stumble, and we'll find ourselves in a place of darkness that we never thought that we could go to. But when you find yourself in that place of darkness, if you don't have others walking alongside of you to help you get out of it, you will just keep lying to yourself. When the only person you have to reason with is you, you will lie to yourself. I will lie to myself time and time again. Oh, I know it's getting bad, but it's really not that bad. Oh, I know that they said this was sin, but you know, it's really not that bad of a sin. Oh, I know that, they, I know that this is kind of destroying my life and my relationships, but it's just going to last a couple more weeks, then I'll stop. Oh, I, you know what, I, I, and what we do is when we, the only person you have to reason with is you, that's never a good position to be in. When we have fallen, we need others who can come alongside and say, hey, hey, here's why you fell. Here's what led to this. Let me pick you up and bring you back into the potential that God has for you. Come on, let me pick you up. We need those who are faithful to pour faith into us so that we can experience the future that God has in store for us. We need the body of believers to build us up when we have fallen. If you've fallen and you're alone, you are in real trouble. That's what Solomon says. But when we have others speaking into our lives, they can pick us up. James says this in James 5, 16. He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. What is this? This is, it doesn't just say, oh, go confess your ailments to other people. Oh, go confess your trials to other people. Oh, go confess it. He says, confess your sins to other people. Find your people who you can be real with. Find your people who you can be vulnerable with. Find your people who you can't cut corners with. And you can say, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm dealing with right now. And then when they begin to pray for you and you allow them to lift you up and bring you to where God has for you, you will find that those who are faithful can pour faith into you and bring you into the future that God has in store for you. We need believers to build us up. We need other believers to build us up. You need someone who's sitting alongside of you and says, you're living beneath your potential and I see God's potential within you. Come with me, we're gonna get out of this. When he talks about healing, he doesn't just mean physical healing from sickness. He's talking about a healing within our heart, a healing within our mind, a healing within our soul that can only occur when we are walking alongside others. To have that person or those people to say, come with me. And this, this passage became very real to me as I was walking through this message and preparing this. I was thinking back to a season of my life in 2014, 2015, and 2016. Those three years were were kind of complex for me. They were great in the sense that I just started dating Kim, we got engaged, we got married. That side of my life was beautiful. It was wonderful, and it still is. Love being married to Kim. Six years next month, just so everyone knows. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Uh, so we, that was great. But on the other end of things, 
I had just come out of a bit of a complex and difficult ministry experience. And in this experience, I had felt in multiple occasions like I was beat down, like I was treated poorly, and I kept looking at everything that happened to me through a victim mindset. And there's a level to which I was a victim of some horrible things. That was true. But there was also another level in which I needed to see some things that God was trying to show me and do within me. But if I would have just stayed in this space of, oh, it just all happened to me. Oh, poor Scott. Oh, you know, things are just so bad for Scott. Oh, Scott will never move forward. Oh, Scott, you know, these people are just coming after me. If I would have just stayed there, I would have never been able to move forward. So how did God help me get forward in that season when I just wanted to do that? First of all, he put Kim by my side. She is strong, she's consistent, and she's honest. Sometimes too honest in a heated conversation. But she is honest. And she helped me get through that time. Then God placed a a guy in my life, many of you know him, Pastor Dion Drake. And I was meeting with Pastor Dion monthly at that point in time. And he was able to help minister to me based off of some hurt that I experienced. But then he began to say to me, hey, Scott, here's some strong points you have. Here's some weak points that you have. Here's where you have some blind spots. And as he worked through that season with me, my soul began to be restored because that's what God does. When we are broken and we we have fallen, he will send those who have been faithful to pick us up. Here's where you need some work. Here's where you need some strength. Here's where I can help. Here's where you need some help. And so I I was thinking about this even more just last week. We were doing a little bit of a getaway with the founders of New Story Church, which is myself, my wife Kim, uh, Aaron, Joy, Neil, and Lindsay. And as I was sitting around with this group of people that, that we started New Story Church with, and I was looking at them, and then I was thinking about our amazing story team. Many of you are in here today who are on our story team. Some of you are on the front row. And uh, as I was thinking about our story team and the people that God has now placed in my life, and I was thinking about what a blessing they are, people that I can be honest with, people that I can walk through life with. And vice versa, it works the same with all of us. I started thinking of my men's story group that meets every other Wednesday morning. And people who are trustworthy and faithful and committed, I began to see that if I would not have went through that dark season, I may have taken this season for granted. If I had not went through that place of almost feeling, of feeling betrayed and feeling abandoned and having a hurtful experience, if I would not have went through that, When I got to the light, I may not have seen how bright it truly was. Sometimes you have to go through that place of darkness so that when you get to the place of deliverance, you can see it for what it truly is. Sometimes when you go through that season where it's dark and it's muddy and it's confusing and you're saying, why God, why? Once you get to the next place and you see the people that God has now placed in your life, you you won't just say, yeah, this is great. You will say, thank you God for sending these people. Thank you God for giving me these people. Because not only does he have a new story for you, he has a new people for you as well. It's called his church. He has new people for you. And, there are, and, and you need those people who will look at you and say, I see your potential. I see your potential. You're living beneath it. Come into what God has for you. I see your potential. Why don't you just look at your neighbor and say, I see your potential. If you don't have a neighbor, just yell it and shout it. If you're watching online, put it in the chat. I see your potential. We need others when we have been broken. Secondly, we need others for our betterment. This really builds on the last one. But when I talk about betterment, I'm really today talking within the context of 
practical, ordinary, everyday needs. We need one another for our betterment. When, when we don't have the things that we know that we need, when, when we're going through a time where maybe you need something as simple as a conversation, or you need something as simple as a meal, or you need something as simple as, as just a little bit of help financially or something like that, we need one another for our betterment. Solomon elaborates on this in Ecclesiastes 4.11 when he says, Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? This passage isn't just talking about, you know, what we think it's talking about. It's talking, yeah, thank you. It's talking about, it's talking about the meeting of a practical need. When, when you're isolated and you're alone, life gets cold. It gets dreary and dim. But when we have another person there for us or other people there for us, we can begin to meet one another's needs, even in the ordinary. This goes on, this, this thought is brought out even more in the early church in Acts chapter 2, in a passage that I've read here many times before, Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 42 through 45, where the believers in the church are gathering together, and they're sharing meals with one another, and they're caring for each other, and they're praying for each other, just living every day life, meeting everyday needs for the betterment of one another. We see this later on in Acts chapter 6, where there's some widows who are not being taken care of, and so the disciples, the apostles, they get together, and they say, what can we do? And they say, we're just going to start waiting tables and preach the gospel, and they elect some people to do that. We, this is what the early church did, meeting everyday ordinary needs for the betterment of the community that God had placed them in. This is why we are partnering with Eight Days of Hope. July 17th through 24th, because we as the church exist for the betterment of our community. We as the church exist for the betterment of our city. And when we fight for the betterment of humanity, when we fight for the betterment of those that God has placed around us, we will begin to build trust in the communities that he's placed us in. Let's, let's just put it out there right now. The church at large in general I don't care what denomination it's from or wherever, the church at large in our society today, and I'm not going to point fingers and say it's because of this person or that person or it's because of the media or this, we, the church at large today has lost trust in our communities. A lot of people do not trust the church. It's a narrative that I've found time and time again. I believe that one of the best ways for us as the church to build trust in our communities is to stop saying, come to us, but we are coming to you. And we are here to fight for the betterment of this city. We are here to fight for the betterment of the community. And you know what? I don't know how to set up a fence. I don't know how to trim bushes. You should see my house. It's a bit of a disaster at times. But you know what? I'm showing up for eight days of hope. I can make a sandwich. I can do PB&J. I can do it. And I'm going to serve the city. We are going to serve our city together. And when we do that, we will build trust. And that is the greatest mode of evangelism we have today to say we are here to be salt. We are here to be light. We are here to fight for the betterment of our community, even if it's just everyday, ordinary things. That's how we will write a new story, church. New story, church. That's how, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Lastly, we need others for battle. We need others for battle. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but life can be a bit of a battle. Jesus talked about it in John 16, He said, in this world you will face trouble. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul talks about spiritual warf warfare that's happening in other realms but affecting this one as well. And you're like, whoa, that's a little trippy. But yeah, hey, he talked about it and it's in the Bible. So 
And, and so there's a real battle that's happening. There's a real battle that's going on. And some of you have felt the battle of life weighing you down. And we aren't supposed to go into battle alone. In fact, we need one another for battle. Look at this in Ecclesiastes 4, verses 12 through 13. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Some of you are saying, wait, I've heard this before. Yes, you have, at weddings. This is not just a wedding passage, although it can be applied to weddings. This is about all relationships. When we are going into battle, when we are going into battle, you're never in a good spot if you're battling alone. You won't be able to see everything that's coming your way. You might be moving in this direction, but if there's, a bat, if there's something attacking you from this end or that end, and you're going, you might turn to focus on that, and then this thing continues to come after you. We are not meant to battle alone. We are actually designed and meant to battle together. That's why God created Adam and Eve together. So it's not good for man to be alone. We are meant to battle together, to have relationship, to have community. Hebrews 10, do not neglect meeting together. We need one another because the battle is real. In fact, I want to further illustrate this. John, can you come up on stage here for just a moment? I got my buddy John. He's going to help me illustrate how we need one another for battle. John is just, can you guys give John a hand for coming up here and doing this? And so, can you, can I, we got some lightsabers. Give me whichever one you don't want. Okay, some of you are like, he talked about Batman and lightsabers. This is like glorified youth group. Well, that's what you think, I'm sorry. But anyways, this is a church. All right, here we go. Um, now, th there you go. You might need to pull it, yeah, 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 there you go. I mean, the thing is, is this is technically the dark side, but we're gonna work together today. Mmm, here's the force, mm. Okay, all right, you like that? Mmm, Jedi. Uh, okay, so here's what, here's what we got to do here. By the way, I saw this illustration at a conference a couple years ago. It was with a different passage, and I was like, this is going to work today. So can we illustrate? Let's stand back to back, John, because if we, if we put that passage, can we put that passage back up on the screen, Ecclesiastes 4? I'm pointing with this is my little. So a person standing alone, you stay there, John, for just a second. I don't mean to boss you around. I'm sorry. But a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated because you're alone, and you're like, hey, watch out. There's Django Fett. Oh, no, there's some stormtroopers. And, uh, and then, you know, and then, you know, uh, who was the guy that got shot by Django? Anyways, uh, Mace Windu took his head off. But a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But what happens when two stand back to back? Look at this. When two stand back to back, start swinging your sword. I don't really know how to do this, but you know, but you know, you're doing the whole Jedi thing, and you're swinging your sword, and you're standing back to back. John, can you pivot to the side a little bit? I'll go wherever you go. So, so pivot, and then you're fighting, and you can see, hey, there's this coming in this direction. Hey, John, look out. Hey, John, do you see that? Hey, John, do you see what's coming on this? John, can you look out for me too? Yeah, John's looking out for me too. And we're yelling, and we're screaming, and we can fight together because we're not alone. Because when we're back to back, I can say, John, this is coming that way. John, you can yell at me at what's coming that way, and we can move back and forth and we can fight together. Why? Because when you're back to back, you can, as our basketball coaches used to say, keep your head on a swivel. You remember that on defense? Keep your head on a swivel. Because you got to know what's going on. Keep your head on a swivel. I can warn John. John can warn me. And we can battle together. We can fight for hope together. We can fight for truth and justice and life and light. And we can do this when we fight together. But you know what else is important? I'm going to keep you up here for just a second. Is when you're battling alone. If I'm over here battling, I'm sorry about the camera shot, Aaron. I know I'm all over the place right now. But let's say you're battling alone. If you're battling alone and you start to get exhausted and you start to get tired, 
You're like, oh, I'm tired. I'm fighting. I can't stand much longer. Oh, I'm out of shape. I haven't been doing my beach body on demand or going to Planet Fitness. So I'm just, I'm just out of shape right now. I can't take the battle anymore. I'm absolutely exhausted. What happens when you have somebody back to back? John, be ready to hold my weight a little bit. Is you can start to lean on them a little bit. And when you're fighting, you can lean and say, this per- can you hold me up, John? You can lean on me a little bit now. Because John, if you're getting weak and you're fighting, you can lean on the other person a little bit because why? Because God placed John in my life for a reason. John placed you in my, God placed you in my life for a purpose. So I can lean on you even when I'm exhausted and we can still keep fighting. We can still keep moving forward no matter what the enemy throws our way. Now, can I show you something else? Stay up here for just a moment, John. Romans chapter 12. Can you put that up on the screen? Romans, I'm pointing with my, Romans 12, up the screen. No, I'm not threatening anybody right now, okay? Uh, just as our bodies, Paul writes this in Romans 12, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Why did I read that passage? Because Here's the deal. For years, I've been teaching on that passage with student ministry and all these different things. And every time I taught on it, it was like, you need to learn your role. You need to play your part. If you're a teacher, become a teacher. If you, if you have the gift of showing kindness, show kindness. You have value and you have a part to play. I would say that. I would say, you have a part to play in God's plan. People are like, oh yeah, that's good. All the P's. But, and it's true. That is a good way of looking at the, pa- at the passage. But there's two ways of looking at this as well. It's not just about you seeing the value in you. It's also about you seeing the value in others. This passage is not just about you seeing the value in you. It's also about you seeing the value in others. Because if it's just about you, oh, I'm generous, I'm gonna be so generous, I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna fight off the enemy by being generous, I have the gift of generosity, oh no, I've given away too much now, I was not discerning, I didn't have any discernment, and now all of a sudden I've been taken advantage of. But if I have the gift of generosity, making myself sound good, I'm so generous. I'm the gift of generosity and I'm fighting and I'm fighting back to back with John and John sees some things coming my way and let's say he has the gift of leadership. John can say to me, hey, Scott, you've been giving all over the place right now. You're spreading yourself thin. You're doing too much. Scott, you need to redirect. You need to redirect how you're handling that and so then I can lean on him a little bit and keep fighting with him because his leadership can direct me to where God has me to go. Or let's say, for example, I have the gift of leadership. Let's say you're a prophet, okay? John the prophet right now. So let's say we're fighting together and and I'm a leader and I'm leading people 
and, and it's going really well, but then all of a sudden things aren't going so well. I might need the prophet to come and say to me, hey, here's some of the bad decisions that you've been making that have been leading people to the wrong place. Or if things are going really well, the prophet can come alongside and say, hey, keep doing that, keep fighting, and here's the direction you need to continue to lead people in because we need to lean on one another. We need to fight together. Come on, let me see your last swing right here. Boom, boom, boom. There we go, fighting together. Thank you, John. You can take that. Give John a hand. We have to lean on one another. We need one another. We can't just go into battle alone. It's not just about the fact that you have value, but it's about seeing the value within others. God has given a gift to every single person who's a part of the body of Christ, and we have to lean on one another. We can't do this alone. Once again, to mention the passage that I was in last week where Jesus came walking to Peter and he extended his hand to Peter while Peter was sinking and then he brought him up and he carried him to the boat. In that passage, a lot of the times what we're doing is we're sinking like Peter and we're sitting around praying, God, send me a dream. God, send me a sign. God, give me a verse of scripture. God, God, give me, give me a miracle. God, do like you did for Joshua and Joshua 10 and just make the sun stand still for me. Can you do that for me, God? And we're just hoping while we're singing that God would give us a sign. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes God speaks in mysterious ways and does different things. But on the other hand, I think what we do sometimes is Jesus is standing right there extending his hand to us, but we're ignoring it because it's not a dream or sign or a vision, but it's a person. Sometimes God has answered our prayer when we're in battle and he sent us and he's extending his hand to us via another person. He has given us his church for a reason. He's given us the body of Christ for a reason. And when we battle together, we will not be broken. We will not be broken when we battle together. He says the cord of three strands will not be broken. Imagine if I had a third lightsaber up here. Then, we, you know, then we'd see everything. We'd see everything. It doesn't just have to be two. You can bring in three. You can bring in four. Oh, now you got a story group. We need more of those, by the way. So now you got a story group. And when we battle together, we will not be broken. When you feel as if you are broken, reach out to someone that God has placed in your life who can help pick you up. Don't try to do it alone. When you find yourself in that space of, of feeling as if I, I, I feel a little bit lost, I feel like some of my needs aren't being met, I don't know what's happening right now, know that God has given you his church for your betterment. And he's also given you abilities and capacities to serve within the church for the betterment of others. And then when you feel as if you're in a battle, know that God has given you people that you can lean on for the battle to speak truth into your life. You see, he says a cord of three will not be easily broken. So you could say, hey, we got to get three of us together. You could even say, hey, when two of us are fighting together, the Holy Spirit is present amongst us, so there's your three. And when we battle together, we will not be broken. Christ has given us this new life so that we can live in the new story, so that we can move forward into what he has for us.